0: word of prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come to you today as needy souls, needy people. We need to hear your voice, Lord. We need to hear your word. We pray that you will hide me behind the cross, and we pray that the word spoken today will come alive in everyone's heart. Lord, everyone is at a different place in their spiritual lives and in their walk with you. We pray that you'll have a special message for each one, And we pray, Lord, that the power of the Holy Spirit will go forth and give liberty and give encouragement and give blessing, Lord. We need to be encouraged by your word today. And so we just commit this time and pray for your leading and for your guiding. In Jesus' precious name, amen. One day a young mother was busy at work preparing lunch in the kitchen Her little girl wandered into the kitchen, obviously agitated and hungry. She strained on her tiptoes to see over the kitchen counter. Her curiosity peaked as she expressed her inability to see the preparations that her mom was doing. She asked, what are you doing, mommy? She asked anxiously. I'm working, her mom responded with no further comment. Unsatisfied, the young girl retorted, but mom, I can't see what you're doing. I know, but I'm at work for you, the mom explained, while not fully revealing the details of her efforts. Our relationship to our Heavenly Father is much like this. We oftentimes strain on our tiptoes to see what God is doing behind the scenes in our lives, why He is allowing what He allows to happen. Not only in the world, but in our personal lives as well. Many times we ask the question, why? Why, Lord, did this happen? Why did this happen at this time? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? Lord, I want to learn. We're thankful today that the Lord has given us His Word from Genesis to Revelation. So many examples of how He works in marvelous and mysterious and wonderful ways in our lives. All we need to do is trust Him, and He will lead us. The title of our message today is God's Purposes in Our Lives. If you're a parent, you oftentimes hear your children ask the question, why? And they usually follow up that question with another why, and another why, and it can go on and on. Well, finally, the parent must say, I'm your father, or I'm your mother, and this is the reason I'm asking you to do this, and no more whys. We as Christians, though, are much like that with our Heavenly Father. We ask why so often. We get troubled, we get fearful. We don't know how to respond to situations that we've never been in before that are either pressure-filled or pain-filled. and We just want them to go away. We wonder, why, Lord, is this happening? Our text this morning is from the book of Psalms. The 138th Psalm in verse 8 says this, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Another beautiful verse, it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. One of the definitions of the word purpose is with a specific end in view, not accidentally, but by design, with a good result or effect. Did you ever stop to think that nothing happens in our lives by accident or by chance or by fate or by karma or any of these kinds of things? We have a loving God who is interested in our lives, knows all about us, knows all about our past, all about the future and what's going to happen, and not only in our lives but in others around us. And he has a plan for our lives and he uses his purposes to bring about that plan and to do it for his glory. We cannot expect as mere mortals, with our finite understanding and our limited capacity to always understand what God is doing in the world, in our lives, in our church, or whatever the case might be. I love that song that says in his time, in his time, God makes all things beautiful in his time. Lord, please show me every day while you're teaching me your way that you do just what you say in your time. Today, we're going to look at three things. Number one, everything that happens is from God. Everything that happens is from God. If we would just realize that, it would save us so much stress and so much anxiety and worry and frustration. Secondly, everything that happens is according to God's timing. Not according to our timing or timetable, but according to God's timing. And third, everything that happens, God can use it for the good, and He does. May God bless The study of his word to our hearts today. You know, God is sovereign. And what that means for us in a practical way is that God is in control. He can do whatever he chooses to do. He doesn't answer to anyone. He doesn't have to justify himself to anyone. He doesn't have to defend himself to anyone. He's not even like the president of a country or our own president that scrutinized so much on every decision that he makes, every word that he says, every tweet that he sends out is all uh, scrutinized by people. But we can't do that with God because he's perfect, he's sovereign and he knows what he is doing in all situations. We can't question the Lord. He is the all-knowing, all-powerful an ever-present God, and we cannot question Him. We can't blame Him when things happen. So many times when something bad happens, the first thing a person does is blame God. That's what Job's wife wanted him to do. Curse God and die, she said. He said, why do you speak like one of the foolish women? He says, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job didn't, cur- didn't blame God for His trials. And we don't always understand why these things are happening, but we need to leave them in God's hands because He does understand, He does know. And He's working in our lives. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, the Apostle Paul in writing to the Philippians in the first chapter there says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. From the moment we get saved until the moment we arrive on the heavenly shore, the Lord is working in our lives and He's not finished with us yet. He has a lot to do in my life, I know that. I don't know everything I need to know. I'm not where I should be, but I'm further along than I was before. We're all growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all a work in progress. That's why we have to be patient with each other and patient with ourselves because God isn't finished. He's still working. He is the potter. We are the clay. And the clay cannot say to the, to the potter, why have you made me this way? We know that God is the perfect God and He is working on us. And it's a good work that He is doing with good results. And His goal for you and His goal for me is that we might be like Jesus. It says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. I believe that that's going to be the most exciting thing that happens to us from this point forward is when we enter into the presence of the Lord, it says we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And we're going to be like Jesus. In the present time, we're going through a lot of growth and a lot of growing pains. I remember growing up maybe being about 13 years old and my legs used to just hurt so bad because of the growing pains. Your body is growing faster than it can keep up with and it's very, very painful. And a lot of times we as Christians are going through growing pains in this world. But God isn't finished with us yet. He wants to mold us. He wants to fashion us and shape us into the image of Christ. And it can be a very painful process because that old nature in us is still there. And He's got he's to deal with that and He's got to build into our character and into our lives. And it's a process that we go through. Yes, we don't have to understand why things happen, but we do have to know that God is working and everything that comes to us comes from His hand. Sometimes we find out on earth why things happen and we can praise God that He may have spared us from something very bad that could have happened to us. Sometimes He pulls the curtain and allows us to see it. Other times we have to wait till we get to heaven before we 'll understand why things happened here on Earth. When my company Lending club decided to move its operations from San Francisco to Lehigh, Utah, it was a big shocker to me and to all our employees but I thought, well, it's like all the other times it's happened to me. I've lost my job and the Lord has always provided me a new job and He's always taken care of me and He's always been faithful and it's going to be like that. And even when I started thinking about retirement, the Lord put these thoughts in my mind. I was still thinking, well, I've got an interview here and I've got my resume updated and do this. And I went through all the same things because I was tapping and seeking the Lord's will. But the Lord kept directing me back to retirement. And I'm so thankful. And what a wonderful timing it was. And what a beautiful thing it was. He allowed me to retire. And I'm so happy and so thankful. Newscaster Paul Harvey, and we've all heard Paul Harvey on the radio, and he always says, and now you know the rest of the story. Famous for that. Well, he tells a story about God's providential care over thousands of Allied prisoners during World War II, many of whom were Christians. One of America's mighty bombers had taken off from the island of Guam, and we know about Guam because we have several members of our church from Guam, headed for Kokura, Japan, with a deadly cargo. Because clouds covered the targeted area, The sleek B-29 circled for nearly an hour until the fuel supply became dangerously low. The captain and his crew were frustrated because they couldn't fulfill their mission. They finally decided they had better go for the secondary target. Changing course, they found that the sky was clear. The command was given, bombs away. And the B 29 returned to its home base. Sometime later, an intelligence officer received some information. Just one week before the bombing mission, the Japanese had transferred one of their largest concentrations of Americans to the city of Kokura. Upon reading this, the officer exclaimed, quote, Thank God for the protecting cloud. If the city hadn't been hidden from the bomber, it would have been destroyed and a thousands of American boys would have died. God's ways are behind the scenes, but He moves all the scenes which He is behind. Isn't that beautiful? God's ways are behind the scenes, but He moves all the scenes which He is behind. We have to learn this and let Him work. You know, as I mentioned before, God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life and it's uniquely for us. It's not a cookie cutter plan that's the same for every Christian. That when we get saved, He hands us some instructions and says, do this, this and this and you'll be this, this and this. No, God is not in the cookie cutter business. He is. He has a unique plan for us. Just like our DNA is unique, our fingerprints are unique. Everything about our, our bodies and everything are unique. So too, God's plan is unique for us. It's tailored in fashion perfectly for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, in the Amplified Bible, it says, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future, And a hope. That is so encouraging. God has a plan, and He's going to work it out so beautifully. Aren't we glad that God had a plan over 40 years ago when He sent Adel and Sylvia here from Lebanon? They weren't planning to start a church, but Bill McDonald talked to them, and they came out of Sun Valley where they were attending and fellowshipping and serving. And the Lord raised them up to start a Bible study and to start a church. And the church has been in existence ever since. And God has used them in counseling, in shepherding, in teaching. And we are so thankful for them. And I'm thankful that God knows what He's doing. He knows all the circumstances and He brings it to pass in His will. Secondly, not only does everything happen from God and we should accept it as from Him and from His hand, but we should also realize that everything happens to us is according to His timing. God not only knows why it happens, He also knows when it happens, and it is very encouraging. You know, God knew about this pandemic, this COVID 19, coronavirus way before it ever happened. He knows everything. And his timing is so perfect. I mentioned about my job and how I retired. I retired in January before the pandemic hit, before it struck. And it was perfect timing. God's timing is always perfect timing. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, that He might redeem those who are under the law. We're so thankful and praise God for His perfect timing. I found kind of an amusing story that has a great lesson and a powerful lesson for us. The story is told of a shipwreck. And when the sole survivor of this shipwreck reached an, an uninhabited island, he prayed that God would rescue him. But help did not come. Eventually, he built a hut out of driftwood for protection from the elements. One day, he returned from scavenging for food and found his hut up in flames and the smoke was rising up to the sky. Angrily, he said, God, how could you do this to me? The next morning, he was awakened by rescuers. How did you know I was here, he asked. We saw your smoke signal, they replied. Well, God's timing is always perfect. It's always wonderful. The very thing that was destroyed, his hut that he had made there for himself on the island, he didn't need it anymore. The rescuers were coming. But when he when it got set on fire, they saw the smoke and they came. God can cause a fire and the smoke when he needs to have his people rescued. He can use circumstances. He can use people. He can use all kinds of different things to work on our behalf and his timing is always perfect. God's timing was perfect when He sent Philip out in the wilderness and the Ethiopian eunuch came along reading the prophecy of Isaiah and called Philip up and Philip witnessed to him and shared the gospel with him and he got saved and then he was baptized. It was God's perfect timing. It was also God's perfect timing at, with the woman at the Samaritan woman at the well, Jacob's well. She was there at that well at the exact time that Jesus was there. She had a divine appointment with Him, an encounter with the Savior. She got saved. She told the whole town about it. And they believed and they came out and they heard Jesus speak to them personally and they got saved and and the whole situation was wonderful. All because of God's perfect timing. And the Bible's full of examples of God's perfect timing. He comes not a moment too soon, nor a moment too late. It's always perfect in our lives. A lady named Germany Kent, kind of an interesting name, Germany Kent once said this, With God, there's always an appointed time for things. And when you put Him first, trust in Him for His timing, and keep the faith, miracles, happen one day there was a st- an article in the daily bread that was put out by one of the christian writers and he told about how god had providentially uh, brought about an escape from death there was an expected delay in new york that kept a man from catching his flight number 191 in chicago which crashed and all the passengers of 254 passengers, they all died. That article brought this note from a reader. I just had to let you know about one of God's great saints who ran to make Flight 191 and made it. His name was Edwards E. Elliott, beloved pastor of the Garden Grove Orthodox Presbyterian Church in California. His plane from Philadelphia was late. And a friend who had accompanied him to Chicago said he last saw him dashing forward in the terminal to make the connection. As I read about Pastor Elliot's fruitful ministry, the question I raised in that devotional challenged me with a new urgency. Was divine providence only operating in New York and not in Chicago? Immediately the words of my correspondent came alive. At that time, Reverend Elliot didn't know he was indeed running to heaven. Mrs. Elliot and her four married children comforted the entire church. Their Christian faith and testimony in sorrow was extraordinary. What an amazing thing. God allowed one to die and the other to live. Who are we to second-guess God? You know, if you're a head football coach, you can almost never win because if you call a certain plane it doesn't work, you're going to be criticized. If you call another play and it doesn't work, you can never win in the NFL. You'll always be criticized. If you run the ball, they say you should have passed the ball. If you pass the ball, they say you should have run the ball. Seattle could have won the Super Bowl, perhaps, had they run the ball with Marshawn Lynch. We don't know. That's something people speculate But they decided to throw, was intercepted, and New England won the Super Bowl. And that's the rest of the story. But we can never second-guess God. And third, everything that happens, God can use for the good. I love that verse. It's one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. It's Romans 8.28. And it says, and we know. And that phrase, we know, is a phrase of confidence and assurance and comfort and encouragement. He says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Not everyone can claim this promise. Not everyone can claim this verse. To do it, we have to be saved. He says you have to love God. And when he talks about people there loving God, that's Christians who know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And then he says to those who are the called according to his purpose. God has a purpose. And when you're called according to that purpose, he has a plan and he's going to do things that are going to be in keeping with that plan to accomplish his purposes. Only God can bring beauty out of ashes. Only God can bring streams in the desert. Only God can bring sweetness out of bitterness. Only God can bring good out of evil. Laura Story is a Bible teacher, worship leader, best-selling author, and Grammy Award winning singer-songwriter. Now, I never knew all those things about her. I don't know if you knew all those things or not. Taylor has sung some of her songs and they're beautiful. But, and I knew she was a singer, and you it know, makes sense she was a songwriter, but she does all these other things as well. She's a wonderful writer, and I read some of her writing here on this subject, and this is what she says. Man asks, why does this happen? Jesus asks, how might my Father's glory be displayed through this situation? How might God use your current trial to glorify Himself? How might God use your weakness, infirmity, or disability to display His power? That's so true. How might God use your hard circumstances to show you something about Himself? How might God use your pain for a purpose? And I like this one. How might God make this mess into a message? The mess into a message. How might God use your current chaos to make you into a man or woman of God who walks by faith, not by sight? How might God use your situation to show you the true peace is found only in Him? How might God use an untimely death to stir the hearts of others and show them the importance of eternal security in the life to come? Yes, God can work all things together for good. I know it says in the New American Standard Bible, it says, God ca- causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. And God, He works that out so beautifully. And when we experience that, we can be so thankful. Joseph in the Old Testament went through that. He experienced many things in his life. He went from dreams to being sold into slavery and to, by his brothers to be, being falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and being sent to prison and then to be taken from the prison to the palace and becoming second in command after Pharaoh. And as he went through life, he didn't question God. He didn't second-guess God. He accepted what God brought into his life and he was very thankful. And after the death of Jacob, the brothers of Joseph were very afraid that he might take revenge on them and kill them and do harmful things to them. So they were, they were speaking to him to try to, to convince him that his father had mentioned that, you know, to forgive them. But in Genesis chapter 50 and verses 19 to 21, it says this, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? Verse 20, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones and he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph realized that even though they meant it for evil, God meant it for good. A lot of people can be against us, they can speak against us, hold things against us, and so forth, try to hurt us, but we shouldn't take revenge in our own hands, or vengeance in our own hands. We should realize that we leave it in the hands of God, He works it out and He works it out for the good. So let's remember today as we close our message that God will perfect that which concerns me. As it says in Psalm 138, verse 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of Your hands. And oh, how we need His mercy. And oh, how we need His working in our lives. Oh, how imperfect we are but He's working on us. He's not finished yet. He will complete it. Just like Paul said in Philippians 1.6, that He has begun a good work in you and He will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Everything that happens is always according to God's timing and His timing is perfect. Whether it's a job situation, purchasing a home, getting married, whatever the case might be in life, choosing a school for your child, there's a lot of big, important decisions that we make. And we thank God that He is involved and concerned with our lives and He wants to do great things in our lives. And His timing is always perfect. And everything that happens to us, He can turn it for the good. As bad as it seems at the time, as hurtful, as difficult, as painful, He can turn that around and turn it into something beautiful, something good, something profitable. Maybe for the salvation of a soul. Maybe for the edification of someone. Maybe for the comfort of someone who's going through a similar situation. May the Lord encourage us today to rejoice that God has a purpose in everything. He has a plan and He's going to work it out perfectly with every detail his purposes for our lives are everything happens from god everything happens according to god's timing and everything that happens god can use it for the good let us thank him and close in a word of prayer our heavenly father we thank you for your word we thank you for the promises of your word We thank You, Lord, that though we don't understand why things happen so many times, we don't understand why they happen in a certain order or a certain timing. And Lord, we don't. And we can sometimes never see how good can come from certain situations that are so difficult and so tragic and so hurtful. But Lord, You can even work good out of those. And so we're so thankful for Your Word that encourages us, inspires us, challenges us, and comforts us. And we pray you'll dismiss us with your blessing, Lord. I miss all the saints, Lord, and I know we miss each other. We want to be back at church as soon as we can. We pray, Lord, that you, who are the God of the universe, will defeat this pandemic and, and end it, and so that we can come back to church and be together again. We just commit this time to you and thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' precious name, amen.